In today's episode, once again, we speak to the amazing Charles Collier. Charles is a managing partner of Herbicide Partners, a real estate syndication firm, and has been actively investing in multifamily and commercial real estate since 2006. Since that time, he invested in over 200 million worth of investment real estate Charles is also the host of Global Investors Podcast, where he interviews professionals about investing in the U.S. real estate market. Let's speak to Charles and find out how you can purchase your first investment property. Let's find out. And remember, if you want to upgrade your money mindset, then click on the link www.medinafoundations.com and watch my free training. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And once again, we have the amazing, the wonderful Charles Khalil. Welcome, Charles. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Welcome, Charles. It was so lovely to talk to you on Friday Future. We had to have you back on Money Talkies. Now, Charles, everyone has heard your intro once again, but please tell everybody what it is that you do. So I'm a real estate investor. I started investing in real estate in 2006. And um, we started with some small uh, three-unit apartment buildings. And now our firm purchases 100-unit-plus apartment buildings here in the Southeast uh, United States with investors. Wonderful. And so today we are talking about how to purchase your first investment property. So talk us through the steps. You know, First of all, where, what do we need to do for our mindset in order to become an investor? And then what's the next, what's the first step? Yeah, so that's great. The the mindset and doing like a your whole self discovery and um, your self inventory is like number one. Uh, knowing that uh, you actually want to do this, um, and then putting yourself in the right mindset that you're going to be able to do it. And um, when you're when we're talking about buying our first investment property, we'll talk about what they call a a house hack, which is where you're buying one property, buying one unit, uh, one property, and you're living in one of the units and you're renting out the others. And this makes it very easy for investors here in the states to be able to. Uh, uh, become a property investor, but it also it allows you not as much risk as you would have from just going out and buying a, a property somewhere and having to rent it out and everything else that goes with it. It kind of allows you to dip your toe in the water. So that's going to make it easier for your mindset because you're not taking a total dive into a property that um, you might not know the area or anything like this. You're going to really know the area if you're going to live there and you're going to do a little bit more due diligence on it because you're actually going to be, it's going to be your house. So that would be the first thing I would do is really figure out where you like where you are, uh, where you want to be buying a property. Um, if you're living in it, um, you know where we typically buy property in the United States is we buy in specific states. They're called landlord friendly states, which makes it a little easier to manage. But if you're going to be living in the property, you can do this pretty much anywhere in the United States. And so the main thing is really finding the area after you've made the decision that you want to do this. Um, mm-hmm. It's really finding the area and narrowing down to neighborhoods. 
that you want to invest into. Well, and so that how, can be how, easily, yeah. Yeah, so that's the next question. So how do we go about even deciding what area to go into? If, if, it's, a, if it's a foreign investor like myself, like someone who lives in Europe or UK, mm-hmm. uh, we haven't a clue. I mean, I may know a, a city I want to go into, maybe Florida or, you know, or, or a state rather, Florida or California or, or I don't know, um, Connecticut. But I don't have a um, you know an idea of the area I should be going for. How do we decide? And is, is so, one region better than the other? Yeah, that's a great question. If you're coming, if you're a foreign investor and you want to buy a strictly investment property here in the United States, number one, and you're not going to be living at the property, I would focus on going to areas. There's three things that we look at when we're finding a market. Um, and number one is, uh, well, there's four things. Number one is finding the state. So if you're going to be a strictly investment property, you won't be living there. Um, we want to go into what we call landlord-friendly states. And landlord-friendly states are really... Um, predominantly the southern part of the United States. You know, we really focus on the southeast. So that's really, uh, if anybody is really, it's like Washington, D.C. South, uh, Tennessee South, Texas uh, East kind of thing. And that's really where you're you're really focusing on it. You're going to be getting away from the northeast and the whole west coast for mm-hmm. the most part. Those are going to be less friendly for landlords. Um, next, what you want to do is after you finally narrowed on that, and that's pretty much uh, – Two thirds of the United States kind of gone, maybe you know half the United <laughs> States gone. Uh, then what you're going to do is you're going to focus on going into markets. And there's three things that we look at when we're getting more into a market. And a lot of this information, um, I can provide all the links uh, to you afterwards if people are interested. But they can just reach out to us, and we can provide them with a whole whole list of all these links and websites because like, everything can be do online. It's not done. You don't have to like physically go here for where we are in this process. The first thing is really figure out the market. And so there's three things we look for in the market. Number one, we want populous. And we do it all over a 20-year time frame. So when we look back over 20 years, we're going to see a consistent population growth, right? And there could be some up and down years. But if I look from 20 years ago to today, there's going to be like a straight line going up in some sense of where the population is going. Um, that's pretty easy. You can Google that and find that out in five seconds. Um, next one's going to be job growth. And we want to see that the areas we're investing into, there's job growth. And you can, there's a number of different websites for doing this, but you can actually figure out exactly how diverse that job growth is. And when I say diverse, I'm saying that um, you don't want to be going to an area that has 25% uh, done by the military, right? So people that are going to be living in your property, you don't want to have a sizable amount by any industry, right? Mm-hmm. It, Las Vegas is kind of an issue here with this sometimes because of the tourism, right? Um, or people are very heavy on that part of the economy. Whereas if you go into other areas, like going into Dallas, Dallas is a very diversified workforce. Um, there's uh, 50 Fortune 500 companies that are there. So it's a many different employers. If there's any kind of shakeup in one part of the economy, like we had in 2008 from uh, construction, and when we had wearing COVID, which a lot of tourism and people in hospitality were uh, became unemployed, you can protect against this somewhat uh, to the best of your ability by having a diversified workforce. And you can find this out online. And then the the third part of what we're really looking at when we're doing this is we want to make sure that we're going to see a decrease in crime, a consistent decrease in crime in that area. And what that means is that the area has been investing not only in crime prevention, but also in healthcare. Because when you invest in healthcare, that is where you really decrease crime over a long period. Because you can just lock up people and that's great for, you know, you know, if you show them two or three years, it's perfect, right? You see a huge dip in it and everything's great, right? But over 20 years, you can't mask it. It has to be areas that are only that are, you know, that are working on, that are becoming better, that are becoming safer, but they're also doing that not only by just locking people up by 
but by the healthcare. So those are the three things about doing it. Um, and that's really what you're going to find your area. And you're going to really be able to narrow in on just a handful of markets that you might like, okay, within the states that you like. Okay. Um, when you really get into a market, then the area is getting in there is really figuring out the neighborhoods, the parts of the areas that you want. This is something that if you're going to be a foreign investor and you're going to be an active foreign investor, so you're not investing through what we call like a syndication or group investing like what we do, you're actually going to be active. Um, in this scenario, I would say this is where you're going to you know take a trip and come here and drive the neighborhoods that you're really looking at. Because since mm. you've narrowed this all down, and you can narrow this down in like an afternoon, right? It's not, uh, you can get down to where you are in neighborhoods. And then you can, at that point, when you start realizing where you want to be and like, okay, these are the neighborhoods I've realized. And you can pull up and you go, this is like, you can pull up uh, graphs where the income is and where, uh, where there's crime and all this type of stuff. You can kind of narrow in exactly where you want to be. And that's the areas that you want to drive. And that's where when you make your trip, this is where you're going to be meeting with uh, real estate brokers. And this is where they're going to be assisting you in kind of figuring out exactly what type of properties are going to be best for you and for what you're trying to do. So that would be the next step in there is, and this is really what we call when we start talking to real estate brokers, this is what we call really the team building part of it. Because when you're buying property, and this is really anywhere in the world, I mean, you're going to have uh, real estate brokers you're working with, um, you're going to have, and then other people that you're going to require to be able to close on that property. So you're going to mm. need an attorney. Uh, most states are going to need an attorney to close on the property, but you should have an attorney either way, because when you start renting out that property, if you have issues with contracts or agreements, um, you want someone you can speak to. So it's really real estate broker. It's going to be an attorney. Um, you're a foreign investor or you're not uh, locally there. You're going to have a property management company that yep. you're going to want to hire. Um, mm. And a lot of these contacts can be that you can receive from a very, very good real estate broker, real estate agent. Right. Okay. So, so, so you need to build a relationship with them. Right? Yeah. That's where you're going to get a lot of it. And then anybody you really need, you know, your insurance people, all that stuff, you're going to have to do some digging yourself in most situations, but you can really utilize that real estate broker. And this is what's going to help you, you know, kind of put your team together. And once you've kind of realized exactly, um, narrow down properties, areas, uh, neighborhoods of where you want to buy property, that's when you're able to really seriously look at buying the property. And when you're, once you're going through and you identify a property that you might like, that's when you can uh, work with your real estate broker to put an offer in on that property um, after you've reviewed it and make sure the numbers work for what you're trying to achieve. It's, it's interesting because you know, you have U.S. investors that have a little bit different of a mindset. Um, so if you're coming foreign, um, it's foreign investors usually, as I've seen before, are looking for safer investments that don't they don't have to make as much money as what U.S. investors require. It's a very interesting thing um, because U.S. investors are very when you're talking to investors, they want the highest return, which everybody wants the highest return. But I think foreign investors, it's much harder to make money renting out real estate in many different countries around the world. Mm. Okay. There's many countries I can say that I know investors that have tried there that are now in the United States because the returns are minimal, right? Yeah. Uh, single digit, low single digit uh, returns by doing this, which doesn't really make sense, sense for an investor, yeah. right? No, it doesn't. But in the United States, uh, you know, a foreign investor might be happy with a high single digit return, right? Whereas a U.S. investor might be saying, I want, I need 15% or 12% or 18%, right? Um, so depending on exactly when you're doing that self-evaluation in the beginning of this program, it's really kind of figure out exactly what you're looking for returns wise. Mm -hmm. And this is going to assist you with the type of properties you're buying. Um, because there's some people that are just like, oh, I just want to 
own use property. And if it breaks, even it's fine. It's just, it puts a, it's a place for me to put wealth and, um, you know, I know when I sell it, I can make money on it, but it's just a place to kind of diversify where my holdings are and investments and whatever everybody has. And some people say, well, I just want something that I want to move there, or I want to buy a property there in the future or retire there. Um, that's going to be another great way of doing it, of choosing exactly where you want to go. But knowing your plan is going to help you when you start looking at properties, because then you're going to be able to uh, go through the numbers and see exactly what you're looking at making and make sure that it fits with what you're trying to do. And um, once you've kind of figured out and narrowed down properties, put some offers in, because um, you're probably going to have to be putting in, in most markets, uh, a couple dozen offers on properties, uh, maybe like, you know, half dozen to a dozen, depending on what you're really looking at for numbers. Um, and at that point, you will get accepted on maybe one or two of them, and you'll probably buy one of them. And once you have an accepted offer, that's when you're going through and you're going to be working with uh, your lender, your local lender here in the United States, um, which you would get your, the name from most likely from your real estate agent. And you can build that relationship prior as you're looking for properties and you kind of get that get that rolling. And um, that's really the whole process of going from learning what you want to do, figuring out markets. And then once you've done a lot of that work, it's really the main thing is really looking at the properties, identifying one. And um, once you purchase a property, that's where your property management comes in and they can mm -hmm. assist you during the property man during the review process and you can pay them additional for that. Um, you know, the safest way of doing this is as a foreign investor, as I've seen successful foreign investors that come in here and actively buy properties. And when I speak to attorneys, um, you know, they're utilizing a lot of their professionals earlier than most US investors. So like I probably buying a property now, I probably won't hire my property manager until we like do the walkthrough of the property, right? When we do the inspection after we have the accept the contract and we're, you know, during this, what we call a due diligence inspection phase, mm -hmm. right? Um, I'm going to hire them. They're going to come in. I'll pay them a couple thousand dollars. They'll walk a lot of the units with us. And um, that's going to be the beginning of our relationship. However, if you're a foreign investor or you're not from the area, you're from a different part of the United States, um, you could hire them earlier and say, hey, do you mind like reviewing some of these properties and I can pay you like hourly for your time? You know what I mean? Um, can you drive by these properties? You know, you know what I mean? Like you can start tapping into their knowledge base earlier and offering to pay them is going to make this work a lot more a lot smoother. You know what I mean? Because if they think they don't know you, they don't know if you're ever going to buy a property, if they're ever going to make a dollar off you. So it's easier if you uh, engage their services earlier. Same thing can be done with your attorney. Um, you know, I've had attorneys that have driven by properties and stopped at properties and they're like, you know, I'm charging this person all this money, but they don't have anybody else they can trust. So as an investor that's not from the area, this is really what's going to be a very important for you is utilizing these people you found, these professionals to assist you with doing it. And yes, it's going to be more money up front than you have to spend, but it's going to be much safer because, you know, buying properties is great, but sometimes the best investment is not doing the deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. If you find a mean, deal and you're not sure about it. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. So what I'm hearing from you is the very first step is to work out who your team is. So you need to work out and you can get the other contacts from once you found a reliable broker. So once you've spoken to a reliable real estate agent, 
they can give you, um, you know, contacts for attorneys and property management companies who you can liaise with and start building up a relationship beforehand. And if you are coming in and you're not going through a syndicate like yourselves, then you should invest um, in a small amount um, in, in getting the opinion of the attorney and the opinion of the management company in order to make sure that this deal is in your favor. And it's going to make you profit in the long term rather than actually cause you headache and financial crisis. So keeping that in mind, this all makes sense to me. It just seems a lot of work. What's the what, what's the benefit of someone doing this on their own or going through a syndicate like yourselves? What's the advantage or disadvantages? Some investors, um, you know, you'll have some investors that actually want to move to the area where this property is. Right. So they're like, okay, I, I actually, I'm going to, you know, I'm buying this from long distances, what we'd call whether it's foreign or whether it's yeah. another part of the United States or, and then, or they say, you know, this is something that, um, you know, I just want to be more active in it. And I've had investors reach out to me that I've spoken to before that want to do more of an active role role mm-hmm. where they are buying the properties and where they want to work with the property manager and do all of this, which is a lot of work. It's a lot of work, even if you're an hour away from the property, you know what yeah. I mean? But it's a whole bunch of work if you're not there, because now you're relying, you don't know what's happening. You're relying on people, you know, in that area. And it all comes down to the team. And, you know, when I tell you about building the team and it sounds something you can do in an afternoon, maybe, but the thing though is that it really takes years to find all the right people. Agreed. And, yes. Yes. I mean, it's, being, and, yeah. it's the right people who you can trust. I think this is a very major yeah. thing. Right. And then when people are showing up to do stuff, when people are doing what they're supposed to, I mean, these are all, these are all things that you need to know. And as being a, a landlord for nearly 20 years, I mean, many a times when you don't have contractors show up or stuff like this and um, you know, you're waiting for them or someone else is waiting for them. And now you're paying someone, you know, contract never showed up, but I still paying someone that's at the property. And, you know, there, that's the reason why you have a lot of people that would choose to work in a more passive role, um, like investing through a syndicate, because we have gone through and in the areas we invest in, we have, um, you know, our partners in those areas, what we call boots on the ground, are you know trained operators in that area that have many units, many complexes that we work with them on. And we're really just adding one more in there. So mm. we have a proven system. We already have all the people there. Um, you're not getting any calls about, hey, when do you want to fix this roof? Or this roof might have two years on it. It might have two months on it. Like you really have to look into getting this done. And then you have to make those decisions. Then you have to speak to contractors. You're abroad. You're always going to be paying more. I mean, just like anything, you know what I mean? So you get in with someone that um, a group that's able to assist you with part of that, that makes it a lot easier. And then the other thing too, is getting back to what we talked about um, on our other show was really on the focus portion of it. And mm. it's really, if you're successful at what you're doing, um, you know what I mean? And then you start figuring out, like we have this, uh, what we do in the United States, it's, uh, it's a very simple calculation that I can tell people to do. And it's like most people in the United States work 2000 hours a year. So you, you make a hundred thousand dollars a year. You find out that your hourly is 50 bucks, right? Mm. What you actually are earning is $50 an hour. Um, it doesn't make sense for you to be doing doing, you know, $25, $35 an hour tasks, you know what I mean? Driving the properties, opening up doors, unlocking doors. This is something that can be done with a property manager. And when the properties that we're buying, we're not buying smaller properties. We buy larger properties, 100 plus units. And usually for every 100 units in the United States for one of these complexes, there's going to be two people working there, a handyman and an administrative person, Mm -hmm. you know, that's doing the renting, collecting rent, all that kind of stuff. Uh, And so usually, you know, you're having two, two and a half people per that hundred, that hundred units. So a lot of those issues are all taken care of because there's Mm -hmm. someone on site all the time. Um, And 
that assists with being an investor in that too, because you, it's a much more consistent income because we have a hundred units that are paying us rent, right? Or let's mm-hmm. say 95 of those hundred are paying us rent every month. Um, and then we have, so 95 different income streams versus if you go and buy a property and there's five, like, you know what I used to do, three or five, um, one person doesn't pay. It's a dramatic hit to your bottom yeah. line for that month. You know yeah, what I mean? It is. So, and I was just thinking that this is this is the the strategy that I think the Grant Cardone has has adopted and has built his billions off, is just buying loads and loads of these multiple uh, multiple you know multiple you know, multiple units and these buildings. And I, I think that, I think we call them apartments or so apartment buildings. So, you yeah. know they, they they've just gone and you, it's similar. He I think he does the same thing. You know you invest with him. I don't know much about it, but I think this, you messed with him and they give you ROIs every, every I think, annually or something. Yeah, it's usually done how we do it. We do with some of our deals will do monthly. Most of our deals will do quarterly. Um, and if it's monthly, it won't start off right away. It will start quarterly and then go to monthly because we're buying properties that are um, and the difference between kind of what we do and what Grant Cardone is. Number one, Grant Cardone is really buying. He's buying properties that are typically what we call A-class. Okay, mm-hmm. so they're top, top properties. They're beautiful. They look like resorts. We're buying B-class properties. We're buying a more of what we call workforce housing. So we're buying properties that were built 1985 or newer. Um, these are properties where um, if I'm across the street from a Grand Cardone property, his properties are going to be renting for $2,500 a month, and mine are going to be renting for fifteen dollars to nineteen or $1,800 a month. You know what I mean? And so you're able to you have a lot, it's, it's, we can keep our occupancy a lot higher. Mm. We can also keep our collections much higher because we have a product that is for people that are blue collar and white collar people. Um, and it's something that, but it's not the cream of the crop type. And if there's any type of pullback in the market, people from A class come to B. And when the market's great, people from C class go to B class, right? My initial properties I bought were in C class. The initial, most of the properties my dad owned were in D class, which don't go down there. But the <laughs> thing though is that, but it's really when you're in that, I say like C plus, B minus, B type property, that is where you're going to get really good people, right? Really good people that are starting a career or they're in their career. Uh, maybe they want to buy a house down the road. These are going to, these are really good tenants to have, mm. right? Very solid. They're, when you have a property like this, this is where you're keeping tenants there for several years. And the longer you keep a tenant in your property, the more, the more money you're making off them because of you don't course. have to repair the property. It's not vacant. Exactly. And when you're getting into higher, higher class properties, those are people that are usually there for a year or two, and then they're buying their own property, right? And they move in. They're like, oh, I'm going to rent here for a year or two. Job's great. I'm going to buy a property. You know what I mean? Buy my own house. Um, you don't get as much of that in that B class, and but it's a very solid income class. And the last thing about it is when new property is built, it's always A class property. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you're buying great property, if a new great property opens across the street, now you have competition. If I have a property that was built in, you know, 1995 and I have something that was built right now in 2025, right? That's built, I don't have too much competition because their rents to what they're paying, they're probably paying $200,000 a unit to build that. Um, you know, I paid 120000 to buy my property, so I can charge a lot lower rent. Yeah. So my tenants usually aren't going to pay another $600 or so a month to go over to that new place. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you you can keep it because they can't build any more of your property at that just, level. From what I'm hearing, it's just, just a different demographic that you're after. So that the, it's mm-hmm. it's going for not the top end, not the lower end, right in the middle. And right for the, the people who would, which actually, in all, in, in all fairness, are the ones who pay most of the taxes. 
Yeah. They're the ones who are going to be in, the, you know, in solid employments. They're the ones who are going to pay the maximum taxes. They're the ones who are going to be the reliable ones. They're going to be with a good credit score. They're going to be the ones who are going to be doing things the right way without taking much risk. So that's the demographic you've gone after, and I think it makes sense to me from what you've what you're saying. Yeah. It just it just means that that's the that's the the target market that works for you. And it, it's brilliant. It's great. And I think that's the, that's the target market that I've always had for my rental uh, properties here in the UK. We don't have multiple units. I just have one unit in a, an apartment building. Um, and we buy the, so the, the concept of buying a whole building is not very common here. It's usually one apartment in, in a building. And um, yeah, and it, I've gone for the same process, which is, you know, people who are, you know, high blue, like, you know, usually white collar, you know, people um and they are in corporate worlds and in solid jobs and they you know the rent is never an issue they always pay on time and it's and they take care of the property and then they're for long term they're not in there for a year or two usually they're in there for at least three or four years for those exact reasons so i get what you mean this makes sense so the idea here is that there's from what i'm hearing from your from you is there's, there's a huge potential uh for for you know for foreign investors in the us but there's it comes with um, knowing who who you know which area to go to, knowing the right real estate agent, knowing getting the right contacts for the attorney, getting the right contacts for property manager com- companies who have two eyes and you know ears on the on the floor, um, you know so they can look at the property, and then have, building that trust up to be able to buy purchase those properties while you're not there. The other alternative is and failing that if you're not going to be in the area, failing that the only the only um, solution would be a syndicate. Now what's let's ask just ask this last topic. What's the difference in the ROI? So, you know, what's the R? What's the general ROI for for investment in in a syndicate property like yours, and compared to investing in you know in in their own doing it by themselves with with all the additional headaches? That's a great question. I I feel, and for what I've done, the investments I've made in syndicates, whether my own or other people's, um, I've done better than long term rentals on a return basis over the whole whole period. Now I've hold held. I just sold like all my small portfolio in 2022, but um, you know, over the period of owning it, I've done better because you're buying better properties. You know what I mean? You're so if you're gonna go buy and you know, say you're gonna buy a five unit apartment building here in the United States, it's five hundred thousand um, dollars, and you know that's great. The thing is that there's gonna be less buyers for that property versus if I'm going and buying a hundred unit property and I'm still paying a hundred thousand dollars unit. It's $10 million property. You're going to have a lot more buyers for that property. A lot more people are interested in it. And also because there's a lot more money to be made. If I can raise rents, $50, $100 with doing some repairs, putting in new management, um, renovating the property and repositioning it, um, we're going to be able to get a lot better return for our for our investors on the larger properties. And also it's like we just sold the property like a couple of weeks ago. And you know now, as you were saying, the the market slowed down a little bit here in the United States versus last year. We literally are getting like almost the same amount per unit that we got last year because it was from an investor that really wants to buy in this area because they just bought other properties from us like a block and a half away. Mm. So, you know, that's what happens when you're dealing with better properties. Whereas when I'm selling less ideal properties, I have one or two buyers to talk to versus this, and you're like, we got offers coming in from everywhere, and you're just like, you can kind of pick what you want because people come in and go, okay. Um, they've done, you've done, you've done a great job on the property, but now what we're going to do is we're going to take that to a whole new level. So for us, we can sell the, you know, realize our gains, provide them to our investors. We can find the next opportunity. And then this new investor is going to come in and they're going to take it to a next level. Maybe the neighborhood's gotten better since we started. Um, maybe they think they want to finish out the property we've done. We renovated 70 units. They're going to renovate the other 30 of them. So we're leaving a little meat on the bone for them. So that's the, that's where I found that the, 
the return has been better through syndicates for myself investing mm. versus independent um, because you're just dealing with better properties. Better properties, on paper, they might not cash flow as much, right? Um, however, um, they're easier to add value and add once you do a little work to them, it's easy to add value and add some income to the properties compared to smaller properties. But also the main thing is that there's a lot more buyers looking for those properties. So you're going to have a lot of investors, as we would say, sharpen their pencil a little bit more and pay you a higher price because they want to get in. So that's the that's the silver lining with better properties. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you're just going to be able to keep the tenants and the tenants going to be happy. Everything's going to be great there. But the buyers are going to pay more for a better property versus something that doesn't really have much upside they're not going to pay us so much for. Wonderful. So on that note, we're going to wrap this up. Any parting comments from you, Charles, about investing, uh, you know, buying the next or first investment property? Yeah, it's uh, do your due diligence. And if you're investing passively, you not only do you have to do your due diligence on the deal, but you also have to do it on the, uh, the syndicator, the sponsor that you're working with. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think that's the major one. I think if you are working on the on the uh, if you're working with the syndicate, then it's less focus on the deal and more focus on who's who's actually doing the syndicate, who's the company, who's run by, it, what are their ethics, what are their morals, what are their values, and whether they're that's in alignment with yours. I always think that it doesn't matter how great the deal is, how great uh, a, a, an opportunity is, if the people that you're with do not align with your values and who you are, it's not worth it. And it's always going to be worth it just walking away. So that's more important than actually the deal itself. All right. On that note, we're going to wrap this up. Charles, tell us, where can we find you? How can we connect with you on the internet? Yeah. So if you're interested in learning more about uh, myself and what we do in investing here in uh, rental properties here in the United States, you can go to harborsidepartners.com. That's harborsidepartners.com. And on that website, we have, I have a podcast, YouTube channel. I have a lot of information there. I have a free investing guide. Um, or you can join our investor club and get on a call with one of us and uh, kind of go through what your goals are. And uh, we can keep you updated and send you an email once we have new deals. Awesome. Fantastic. So if you're listening to us on the podcast, the links that Charles has mentioned will be on the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we'll have the links for him as well. Go go check him out and see how he can help you invest in the US. Thank you so much for coming, Charles. It's been a fantastic conversation with you and it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you for how much for having me. All right. Thank you so much for listening to me and Charles today on, on Wednesday's Money Talkies. I will be back with another amazing guest finding out how you and I can build a better business. Until the next time, we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.